Hello everybody and welcome to episode 3 of We Ought to Talk About It. Now in our previous episode, episode 2, we actually caught up with my beautiful dear mama bear. Now she talked about what it's like to have the trials and tribulations of having a son with autism and Asperger's. She talked about tips and tricks for young uh, parents, how things have changed over the years and just ways that you can you know, help yourself and improve and how important it is to have a really good, um, stable support network for autistic and Asperger kids while they're growing up. So if you definitely want to learn a little bit about what it's like to go from having, you know, having a young kid all the way up to my adult age, definitely check that out, episode two with my mum. Now for episode three, I'm actually really excited about this one. I kept this one quiet as well. I'm with my lovely brother, my younger brother, who's an incredible person and I can't thank enough for what he's done for me. Now, I can't believe that uh, he actually decided to do this because it was funny actually, because he, he actually put up a thing on Spotify saying he couldn't believe that me and my mum <laughs> were doing a Spotify the other day. So no, he's quite a funny right. one. So, um, you know, I found it very... Um, Strange because I've I've put music and stuff up on Spotify before. I'm not a stranger of putting stuff on Spotify, um, but to hear yourself and Mum talking whilst driving to work on a you know on a professional platform was quite surreal. Uh, <laughs> and then actually hearing you on the radio the other day as well was quite interesting as well. Um, but yeah, the joke was that I never thought I'd be listening to my mother and brother on Spotify, but here we are. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, then tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so g'day, my name's Zenon. Uh, I'm 28 years old. A um, bit about me is I work in, uh, for Westpac uh, in the call centre there, uh, managing a team of 15 people. Um, apart from that, I like to uh, write music. So one of the things that I've been doing since quarantine and lockdown has been writing my own little music project. Um, apart from that, I just love being around my friends and my partner Joe. Um, Who's incredible, by the way, guys. She's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to my brother, and I'm really happy for you, bro, about that. Um, and so, um, yeah, so um, apart from that, you know, I just work and, um, yeah, just live life. One thing I do find incredible about you, Zen, is the amount of people that like you, the mm. amount of friends you have from all different walks of life. Do you think that's anything to do with the way that we've been raised by mum and dad, or do you think it's just the way you are as a person, characterally? I think that you're always a product of your own environment, and I think that, you know, um, we were brought up um, with socialite parents who love conversation and love getting to know people and care for people deeply. So I think that's mm. something that has always um, been apparent from the way that I've grown up, but also I think that I've always had a deep care for people. Um, I, I like to think that I always put people above myself, and I think that sort of translated into the reason of having lots of friends is by you know reaching out and talking to a lot of people and you know networking and having a thirst to like know and understand stories. I think that's really important part of you know living is about sharing and recognizing other stories. So. I think, yes, definitely the way that we've brought up has got a lot to do with it. Um, but I think, you know, you also, uh, you pave your own path and I think that's what I've done as well. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, no, we definitely were brought up by definitely socialites, that's for sure. So Zen, what was it like to grow up with a brother with autism and Asperger's? Tricky. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, like it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I think that growing up with uh, anyone that's got some sort of, uh, I guess, ailment, uh, or I guess you know, 
difference, I suppose. It's always going to pose challenges, but it's, you know, it's about how you overcome those challenges. And I think that yourself, uh, mum and dad, um, and even myself, we've obviously had to uh, overcome some obstacles which others might not have to in their lifetime. Um, I think that it's just always been a case of, um, you know, just having to learn as we go. And we've certainly learned a lot as we've gone along. Um, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that much. That. It's very, um, true. <laughs> very frustrating at times, but you know, I think it's all been a learning journey. And I think that you're, you know, as you've come into what hitting your thirties now, I think you're finally finding the man that you want to be. So I think that's really exciting. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm getting there as well. So that's really nice to hear coming from my baby brother. It's probably got a few more things on me. <laughs> So, did my conditions and what I went through, did it affect you growing up at all? I don't think it impacted me growing up. I think what it did do, though, is impact the way that the family dynamic was. And I think that, honestly, you know, you needed a lot of attention um, Agreed. growing up. And so I think that, you know, it, it didn't impact me in relation to um, directly. It was more about impacting the way that you grew up and, you know, we had to make sure that you were okay. And I think that with that, it also came with the fact that I needed to sort of deal with my own problems because we already had enough problems on our plate with you. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It was more like mm. if I had an issue, um, you know, I, I sort of felt guilty of having to bring up my one issue um, with mum and dad if I was facing anything at school or if I was, you know, um, sad or whatever the case may be. I didn't bring that up to mum and dad because I didn't want to put any more on their plate. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of it came down to, you know, making sure that you were okay. Um, and in doing so, um, pushing my smaller inconveniences out of the way so that, you know, I wasn't causing any dramas for mum and dad. Absolutely. So you basically felt like I definitely got a bit more attention. Did, did that affect you growing up? Like, did you think you didn't get enough attention? Um, I wouldn't say, you, I don't say I never, never not got enough attention. I just feel that I... Um, you know, I sort of had to fend for myself a little bit because, you know, it was a matter of having to make sure that you were okay. You know, I did have friends that I could, you know, easily bounce off and growing up, you know, I lived, you know, within three kilometers, four kilometers of some of my best mates who I still hang out with to this day. And so I had a really good support network through them. Um, you did, you still do. Yeah, and I still do, but also, you know, the same token, um, you know, a lot of things were done to make sure that you were okay. Mm. And, you know, I, I totally agree with it. And a bit like we I said in the last episode, you know, we moved, you know, to a spot so I could go home and have lunch. Mum and dad easily could have went and bought another property anywhere they wanted to. Mm. They literally went and got that place for me only. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that, and I felt like, and maybe this is not the case, but I felt like you didn't get enough attention growing up because it was all about me mm -hmm. and I didn't mean to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I think that mum and dad made a lot of sacrifices and I think the big thing um, when it comes to having to deal um, with anyone that's got a condition like autism or um, Asperger's syndrome that, you know, parents out there do have to sacrifice a lot of time. Uh, you know, it's not the money sort of thing, it's the time and the effort and you know, it's something that you don't really understand until you've either experienced it indirectly or directly, um, you know. And I think that um, what mum and dad did um, throughout your um, high school years and even after until actually to be honest to this day what they do for you is uh, phenomenal I agree um, and yeah I mean at the end of the day I think that they did a lot for you and, uh, and I think that I'm appreciative of that because if we hadn't had that who knows where you'd be probably wouldn't be it uh, well yeah 100% um, that's honest but um, 
yeah, like, I think that you know, we were just very lucky to have you know a family like we do. And I, you know, I don't want to keep talking about how good our family is because our family is fantastic. Yes, but um, we're very lucky though that our my, our parents were in a where they're in they've always been in a position where they've been able to get us the best care, especially me, mm. and be able to do enough. Where, for example, we used to go away a hell of a lot as well that would help you get your mind off things too, mm. you know. And um, that's something that I I feel I'm happy that we got to do because I feel like with the amount of attention I got with my mental health and my autism issues that you didn't get enough growing up and that's something I've always been concerned about mm. if that makes sense mm. you know so what's the what was the things that you did and the coping mechanisms that you used, you developed over time to improve things and like be able to deal with me deal with life deal with you know me having issues on a daily basis coming mm. out of school this is a very long question to answer I mean I think at school one of the coping mechanisms that I um sometimes would do and I, you know there'd be times where i'd see you out in the schoolyard and there'd be days where um i couldn't and it's sort of a bit shit but there's days where i couldn't be bothered with it if that makes sense so for example if i saw something i'd just be like oh, it's, it's happening again um and it was a bit i mean i know it was taxing for you but it was also taxing for me cool. to to see that happen to you but also Every to day. not get any sort of changes so there was days where i just sort of ignored it um, but there was other days, I remember, uh, I mean, I can't remember who it was at your school, but I remember someone was giving you a whole um, bit of grief in the middle school. Um, and one day I've just, you know, absolutely snapped and gone right up to the face. And I, I've never, uh, nor will I ever throw a punch or anything, but it got to the point where... I remember that day. Yeah, um, mm. where I, you know, would go up and confront them. And I, and I sort of felt at school a lot of the time that I was almost like the bigger brother looking out for you, uh, which, was an which is a challenging thing to conceive when you're the younger brother. Um, you were, it's but true. Um, you were. Yeah, I mean, I guess those were some of the coping mechanisms. Um, I think that you know, coping with whether it's grief or sadness or anger or um, bullying or anything like that, I think it's really important that you don't bottle it up. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned the wrong way because that's what I did. I used to bottle up a lot of um, the things that I would um, hear and, and, and see and do because once again, it comes down to the fact that you don't want to be a burden. Uh, on other people, especially if they're going through stuff. Um, so I think that I learned unhealthy coping mechanisms mm. uh, and that was just through uh, just bottling it up and dealing with it. And then every six to 12 months having some sort of complete not mental breakdown, but um, you know, the floodgates come up and you sort of let it out and cry and then you sort of move on. But mm. I think- those, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Cause I've always dealt with anxiety and I've only just recently been diagnosed with depression when I went to see a doctor a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's not something that comes to a surprise there to me. Um, but, you know, I think that going through the, you know, the 15, 20 years of school, or 15, 20 years ago, going through school and bottling up through there, uh, and then through my young adult life, you know, just dealing with other bits of this, I've always just bottled up and now I'm learning to be better. And I think that's really important that you're constantly changing your approach. And I think that's something that you've been able to do as well. Granted, it's you know it's not the quickest thing for you. You take fucking forever to do anything. Um, <laughs> True. But uh, you know, I think that you know, learning is really important uh, and growing. And um, yeah, absolutely. Long-winded long answer. Absolutely, no, I totally agree with you. And do you think as well because you did feel like you were the bigger brother in a way? Is it because I was quite a small kid as well in those days? Because I was quite a skinny little kid. In yeah, those you days. were. <laughs> I just recently went through and categorized like all of our 
old photos. So we've got like 35,000 photos sitting on my computer. And, and now it's got like a facial recognition thing. So if I click on your face, it comes up with all your photos. Oh, wow. There's a journey. I mean, seeing, the, I, I mean, the one fundamental thing is <laughs> there's always been shots in the mirror, like selfie shots in the mirror. But I found a photo of you when you were 13 and you look like you're about to get blown over by a bit of wind. <laughs> Um, so it's so funny scared. seeing that this, the, 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 the ab shots haven't changed in 15 years. It's just like back then you just didn't have anything going on. <laughs> no, I had nothing going on, mate. I was a skier little thing. Yeah. Even um, like when I was like 17, man. Yeah. And so to your point, like I, I, I mean, I guess we were always the same size at school. I mean, I was obviously bigger in terms of weight, but in terms of height, Actually, no, I was taller than you at school. You were taller than me, you, bro. And then you, um, then you got, so I guess, yeah, I was the bigger, um, brother in two ways um it's the better brother really <laughs> um, um but um yeah so i think that maybe that would have had something to do with it absolutely um but i've never really thought about it no it's just like i've thought about this before because you know in school you know you were and people did say they're like oh you know zenon's brother is you know, he's a little bigger than zane so but we don't piss him off as well. Because mm-hmm. I remember those comments and conversations and that's why I brought that up because I remember at school, like you said, dude, it was a daily basis mm-hmm. thing and it was it was something that I, you know, really struggled with, but I know that it would, you would have struggled with it too because mm-hmm. you had to deal with it as much as mum and dad did. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, that's what I was concerned about because I didn't want you to think that I don't take that for that's what that for granted, which mm. I don't because I know what you did for me. Mm. And so that's something I wanted to say, you know what I mean? Mm. So what changed with you in, in our, directing our relationship through school and our teenage years? So you say from like 13 all the way over till like we both uh, you know graduated from school. Um, good question. I think school was always it was always the way that like the, I guess our school, especially from like 13 to 18, was always about you know as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it was always you know you had all these things that were going on and we just sort of had to make sure that you were okay, yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, you going through school, obviously, you know, you talked about it in one of your other episodes around how people would, you know, dare you to do stuff. Um, And mum, you know, said like, you know, dare means don't. I mean, I remember that's been constantly said um, in the household. And, you know, it's, the thing is though, what really used to frustrate me is that we would tell you, and to stop doing things or to stop being around certain people or stop, but you wouldn't listen to us. Um, and then if someone else um, said the exact same thing, whether it was, you know, one of your um, you know, um, friends that you, you know, get along with, really well, if they were to say the exact same thing just because it would come from them and not us, you mm-hmm. would take that. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, and that used to absolutely frustrate the shit out of me to the point where sometimes if I wanted to get a message across to you, I'd message somebody else to tell them that. Yes, that's true. He's not denying, he's not actually lying. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think that's, you know, one of the things is, you know, what was really frustrating is that, you know, for me personally, that my mum, dad and, and myself in particular would always try and help you. But, you know, you'd always discredit what we were trying to do and that used to frustrate me. And so I guess when I was younger, it got me to the point where I just got so sick of not getting the response from you that... Um, you just couldn't be bothered. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, 110%. Um, and then I think that, you know, and, I'll, and I've, mum, I'm not too sure if mum covered it, but I've always thought that your mentality has always been four to five years behind. Always. Um, it probably still is. Yeah. Probably still is, bro. You're 26, mate. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that with that there, that's also, um, you know, meant that we've, 
I guess it's always taken a bit, but I also want to sort of bring up that, you know, we can't, just because that's the way that we think, that shouldn't be an excuse either. You know, mm. just because you're you're thinking that you're five years behind doesn't mean, that, well, that's that's just the reality of it. What do we do mm. to fix it rather than using it as the excuse, right? But mm. Mm. we're getting off topic. So, I mean, coming out of school, going into your, I guess, your uh, early years, I, I can't really remember much between 18, when you were 18 and 21, because I obviously went away. Um, Did for a, a gap year for a little bit or like a half gap year pretty much yeah um, but I remember you just being obsessed with because you know you went through all your school life um, being obsessed with uh, cricket and all that sort of shit and then you just got obsessed with gym uh, and I think that's been fantastic there for you but I think also what you got obsessed with was fucking uh, Jersey Shore and all you wanted to be was the next <laughs> the next situation <laughs> and, I, I remember so you, and I remember you walking around the house like quoting like what was, it, what was this fucking what was the situation's catchphrase situation yeah GTR Jim 10 laundry yeah or, um, and then you got Paulie hey the cat's here yeah the cat's here <laughs> so literally like, Zane so Zane does this thing where he gets fixated on some dumb comment or dumb <laughs> quote and we'll just either drill it until the fucking cows come home so <laughs> so I just remember so from when you were what, 18 to 21 22 just being obsessed with Jersey Shore um, and the, I'm, I'm sure if I looked in the DVD cabinet over there it's probably yeah, two sure seasons in there yeah I've got about four or five in there mate but with that I think that also came something very toxic which is in relation to um, you know that sort of I guess that warped view of how women are and I think that that's also caused um, mm. a bit of the way that you might have interacted with females in your earlier years. Yeah. Just thinking as that was what, because you saw that on TV, that was acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, unfortunately that's because you didn't have that friendship group to sort of guide you. I mean, you had friends, don't get me wrong, but you didn't have those, that support or that, um, I guess that those, those social bonding moments and being able to, you know, no. yeah, it just made it very difficult for you. And so when you saw something on TV, yeah. you thought that was obviously normal because that's what they were portraying. Probably on. didn't help though that the mates that I used to hang out with, they're all very mature now, but then they also love the Jersey Geordie Shore lifestyle too. Oh, I mean, yes, of you course. You know the one that's talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 of course. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think that also for, for you know, they would probably look at it as in a different view or different lens than oh, you would have been looking they at would. the time. Oh, 100%. So I guess that with that, because you were being that sort of bloke and I just didn't like that sort of... Oh, you hated me. Fucking... You can be honest, bro. You hated oh, me. I wouldn't say that 20s. I hated you. I in just, my early 20s, you hated yeah, me. Yeah, you just wanted to be, you know, all hell King Zids. <laughs> So fucking true. I hate it when my brother's right. It is right though. All hell kings is brother. I remember. Stereos. I mean, Stereos, one of the things that really made me like just cringe was the photo of you um, at Stereos with your shirt off. With Jamie. <laughs> yeah, with all that. Like, just flexing your fucking guns. Like, I mean, granted, like, good on you for having the body. I've got the body of a fucking lump of fucking mold. <laughs> um, so I can't really make any comments around body. But, you know, I think that it was just, yeah. Those early after school years was difficult, but I think that you went through some, um, obviously some rough, tough times during that. Um, and then, you know, that led us into working together at the, um, you know, working together at the combi van, um, where cool. we started a little um, 
She's Toasty Business together, which is where we sold. We did very well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I gotta be honest, working with you in Close Encounters and living with you in Close Encounters. And that's also when I was right into my bodybuilding. Because in my, tw between 23 mm. and 25, I literally, oh, probably 26, maybe 27, around that time, I was absolutely obsessed with it. Mm. And I used to take meals to, well, I, was, I took meals to weddings. Mm -hmm. I took meals to events. <laughs> I'm gonna shout out Tom Evans here and Mitch Salas in this one because one of the, the dumbest memories that we've got is I remember one time I invited you to come to the movies with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we went to go see, I don't know, it's like Batman or some shit. Uh, and it was at a uh, cinema where Foodland was directly below and we've all gone down, like me, Mitch and Tom have gone to get, and you've gone into Foodland, we've all picked, packed up, you know, uh, picked up a packet of chips and some soft drink or whatever, and you fucking get a whole chicken. You <laughs> 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 took a fucking whole chicken into the cinema, like a hot chicken, and you didn't even have a fork. <laughs> And you're just sitting there, and I'm just like pissing myself laughing. And the funny thing is that you didn't see what was wrong with it. You were just like, no, this is just eating chicken. And I guess that's like, you know, it's interesting, like, you know, what you, what we perceive as not being normal, you might perceive as normal. And at the end of the day, your thought process was like, I need fucking protein. Oh, uh, those days, dude, I just wanted to be the biggest one because I guess why, when I that age, man, when I left school, I made a promise to myself that I would not be smaller than any of those little mm. cunts. Excuse the French, but it's true. I'm actually really good with most of them, but when I first wanted to see them, dude, I was like, I wanted them to be petrified of mm. me. I mean, to be honest, you, know, you raise a good point. I actually hated anyone from Pembroke that was uh, associated with me for a very long time. Mm. Um, Can't blame you. Even like, I mean, uh, oh, sorry, that's, that's a lot. There were some really good gems out there, but I think that, um, you know, I hated it because I saw the one side of things as well so that's probably going to distort my vision on it but I mean realistically I just saw what they brought in day in and day out and you know we're all kids and we all do dumb shit when we're kids and there's plenty of things that I've done which I regret you know, and, and you know I've, I've certainly probably would have bullied people as well um, and that's the th sort of thing about when you become an adult so you reflect on your upbringing you reflect on your life but and, and to these days some of these people are you know are absolutely you know a part of your life now and have completely turned around but Back then, I hated them, and you know we. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, for example, now, even now, and I've you know have had conversations with some of them, um, and I can see that they've changed, and I can see that they're lovely people. I still actually get on edge when yeah. I'm around them. I know, and that's do. because I just know what they were like previously, yeah, and it's almost like a um, instinctive response to be on guard. Um, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Um, but I, th I think I've just gone on bloody 10 different tangents there. No, no, your last point was you know, uh, in relation to how it's changed. Now, I guess now that we're both older, you know, I'm getting close to my 30s too. Um, and you're still 26, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, it's a joke we play together. Yeah. Continue. Um, sorry. Um, I think that we're getting a little better. There's times where I just want to just not be around you and there's times where I want to hang out with you 100% um, we, we're, 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 way we're way closer than we used to be mm. um, that's nothing I wouldn't think I would definitely agree mm. so what would be your best piece of advice for a sibling who has autism you know that has had gone through what you've gone through you know what would be your best piece of advice in, like, to, to help if cope I was to give, improve in terms of an advice that I'd give to someone Absolutely. with a brother with like in my sort of shoes yep. or, or brother or sister or whatever mm. yeah correct I guess um, I'll probably say like you've got the right to be a bit selfish <laughs> so what I mean by that there is that you've got the right to you know because um, I think that I sacrifice a lot of my um, 
as I said to you before, like, I mean, it wasn't like detrimental, but I, you know, I um, didn't raise issues with mum and dad for the sake of helping. But at the end of the day, you've got to matter too. Um, there's a movie um, which is really, really fantastic. It's called, um, what's it called? It came out recently with Owen Wilson. He's the dad. Um, is it called Amaze? It's got that kid with the facial deformity. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, let me just quickly Google there. But there's a, um, a scene in that where the... Um, the the uh, the elder sister who's you know sort of had to deal with you know um, the parents looking after the kids so much I saw so much of myself in that character I think it's called a maze I think it is did you really yeah absolutely so and you know in in that sort of movie you know uh, she didn't speak out um, there and that was probably one of the learnings that I had as well was to actually speak wonder that's the movie wonder um, so yeah don't be afraid to speak out but also have patience. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, um, you for example, you, you know, you're, you're going through so much, um, with dealing with autism and having to learn behaviors and whatnot and the things that come naturally to me don't come naturally scratch, to you. Yeah. Um, so just mm. because, um, of that factor, I, you just got to learn patience and I've certainly learned patience. That's, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. I feel like that you, the older you get and you get, the more you understand things. And I think we more have, we're on a better level. Mm. Um, I feel like when I have a conversation with you, I don't feel like we, it's always any sibling rivalry anymore. Because mm. I feel like there was sibling rivalry at a young age. And I think that was probably down to you didn't get enough time with mum and dad mm. when we were growing up. Would that be a fair point? I don't think there was any sibling rivalry. Uh, I mean, I didn't perceive it that way. Um, Maybe oh, that's just because you were always, you always, we were always used to fight young growing up. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I just used to get just um, <laughs> you'd just be demanding. That was the <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's you know, fucking, uh, you know, I I remember just constantly hearing you yell at the TV you know, in late hours of the night when the you know cricket was <laughs> in, in England or something, and so you'd be getting up at three in the morning to watch the cricket. Um, yep. And you'd be yelling at the top of your leg, and then you'll clap. You've got the loudest clap in the world. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, when you clap, like it's, I don't know, you've just got that hit where you're perfectly hitting your palm, and you make the most loud, annoying clap I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. that's what you used to do. Really? TV. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, hundred percent. It's gonna give me nightmares. Um, I thought it might have been home improvement when I was falling asleep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Having your TV, you know, because you know, I know because you take a long time to fall asleep, but you would leave, you know, watch your DVDs and all that sort of stuff, and that'd be playing until, um, <laughs> you know, five o'clock in the morning. All you hear is that guitar solo and home improvements. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, he's right because I, because I struggled as I said in the last episode with sleep, so I used to watch TV shows to try and sleep because I had to watch something funny. Um, just to make myself even calm down and relax, you know, without taking like an, an Xanax, which I didn't want to do, mm. you know, when I was growing up. And also remember I had to take Endep and Endone to sleep sometimes and I didn't want to be stuck on those. So mm. I used to use the old fashioned way, which meant unfortunately mum and dad and Zeta used to get some sometimes very bad sleep. Mm. So mm. I do feel bad about that. Mm. So what's the biggest change you've seen me in growing, seen me in me growing up? Like from where you know when we were young kids to now um i mean i think the confidence has definitely come um you know i, I you know i think that you know when you were one-on-one -on -one or you know had the one person like for example um if we we're at my house and i had a friend over um and you had one other friend for example you know you'd feel comfortable and you'd be you know uh, confident and then i remember 
you know, seeing you in a group setting um, and, you know, there was, there was like almost like an alpha dog in that group and then, you know, you'd do anything to please people. So it was like sort of like two different sides of Zane. Whereas now, um, I think that I see someone that's confident. Um, I do see arrogance, uh, which I think that you could certainly work on. Um, but, you know, I think that also comes with a bit of a facade as well. It um, is. It is and I think, but I think now, you know, it's not as forced, I suppose. I, I think that you're, you know, you're, you're you're very intelligent, you're very smart, um, and you know I think that you're brave to go on and create a podcast like this and talk about it with people. Um, so yeah, I think the confidence thing has come through, and I think you have matured a little bit. Um, would I say that you're there yet? I probably think that you got a little bit to go, um, but and I mean that in the nicest way possible because there's always room for us to grow, there's always room Correct. for us to, to develop and stuff. So I think that overall. Um, You've, you know, you've come leaps and bounds and I, I, don't know, I, I really am interested to see what your next 10, 15, 20 years is like. I 100% I think um, you're definitely spot on about those things. I guess like the main differences I guess between me and you I look at it these days is that I, for example, I still love my health and fitness. I still don't, like, I feel like these days I'm actually enjoying, I might go out a little bit more than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and I'll tell you why that is, is because when I was so obsessed with my bodybuilding, that was my focus. Mm-hmm. Now my focus is increasing, improving my social life as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So, and but, but I'm ne- you'll never see me though. I'll, ne- I'll never go out and get smashed though. No. Like two or three drinks and I'm done. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know, I know. You, you, you also, you're a shit drunk. <laughs> I am a shocker. It is bad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's it. You know, because I'm a, I'm a, 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 a drinking professional. No, uh, you could literally do a slab, and I would not be surprised. And yeah. I would literally, and I wouldn't even have to pick you off up yeah. on the floor, which um, is crazy. Well, yes. I mean, I've got. I surround myself with some, you know, characters that like to get on the source a little bit. Um, Just a bit. But you know, I think that that's always been a part of my because I've always had a friendship group. You know, for example, at school we used to, you know, on weekends we drink together, and then mm. we just ever since that continue to do so. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're not as bad as we used to be, but we still like to have a little bit of a drink. Still got it. Um, thank you. You're um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, you never used to drink. I remember there was a few times at school when you were um, younger, and you know, you'd come home drunk from a party and like you know you couldn't function like you just you just be off, off with the fairies and like it's funny like when you drink now and you get drunk you still go back to that same sort of state I know. um but it's interesting because obviously um it was a couple of years where you would wouldn't even touch uh i mean you'd go out to town and stuff but you wouldn't um there'd be some nights where you'd obviously get absolutely lit but there'd be other times where you'd um, mm. be out there just to be around people i suppose mm. um but now as you've grown older and you've that obsession around the gym where it's not because I mean gym's not your life now gym's just a part of your life it is it is it's not I'm not trying to eat nine meals a day I still eat six times a day because if I don't I feel extremely hungry yeah but but the point that I'm trying to make is that because gym was your life previously it was no it was I I wanted to go I wanted I really when I was 23, 25 that's all I wanted to do and Mm -hmm. I wanted to compete and go high level and I think it was a bit of a 26, 27 whenever it was the last time I competed I can't remember the exact date I remember when you were coming out of the hospital. That's mm. when I knew that hey, my body can't handle this type of level. Mm. Yeah. And that was that was that was the time that I realised, you know what, fuck, I need to calm it down a little bit because mm. my body was just not designed to take on that type of level of yeah. training. So I guess you know I'll come back to that point in a moment, but you know I think that now that you've changed um, 
and you know you you know you want to be uh, who you want to be now. You know you're, you're able to have a drink, and that's been something that's been really nice. Yeah, absolutely. You've been able to you know recently go out and have a, a drink with you all that night. I do love a good vino. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you know the point um, that I was actually coming back to is it's interesting how uh, you know gym was your obsession, and now that's not, and now you know it's interesting with people with Asperger's and um, autism or whatever you want to call it, is that there's always something that really. You know, it's like tunnel vision and you know that's why you know you hear so much people that has success with it is because it becomes your life because everything else is sort of a bit difficult whereas this sort of brings you clarity and this brings you um, peace and it brings you happiness I suppose and so I think it's really cool that you've now changed that to from gym because I mean gym's great and it's going to help you in, in other ways but I think it's now your focus is actually going to benefit your life more whereas when you were completely focused on gym sure it was going to you know better your health great um, but there was going to be no real financial gain unless you became sponsored or unless or a pro. you were yeah. a pro. Which um, is hard. Which is, you know, extremely hard. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good that you've done that. So, hmm. yeah. Oh, exactly. You know, I'm to, on your point there about, well, one of my friends, Jamie, he's going for his pro card at the moment and he'll be on this show in the future. Um, he's going through all that mm. and, he's told, and he tells me the ins and outs and it's freaking crazy what he has to go through, man. Mm. And I couldn't do that to my no. body. And I, you're, you're totally right. Now, one thing I want to ask you, what's your favorite memory of us growing up? Uh, oh, question. I think that I, I don't know if I have a specific memory. Well, the funniest thing you, we've happened between us or something you've remembered or the dumbest thing you've ever seen me do, just stuff like that. Because stories that are viewers that people don't know because there are people on here that have, don't even know who our family is, bro. I think just one of the funniest things was just back in the day when we were, we used to go to the footy down at Amy Stadium, um, <laughs> and which was, you know, obviously back to, in the day it was down at Westlakes or whatever. Freezing cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we obviously we used to live in the city. So, you know, the drive from there to Westlakes was about 40, 45 minutes. And that was, you know, obviously if there wasn't any traffic, and there was traffic, you know, you'd be there for an hour, an hour and a half. And for some reason, I mean, it's interesting that you're now doing your own bloody podcast because back when you were nine or ten, you'd call up five double A's, you could speak to bloody Graham and Cornsey. <laughs> KG and Cornsey. KG and Cornsey. Uh, same shit, different toilet. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were just old blokes. I'd love to do a podcast with you, bro, because it would be so funny. Continue. Um, but then, you know, you'd, you'd call them up and, and at, at nine years old, you know, you'd be absolutely ripping shreds into some of the players and... <laughs> Um, you know, and so I thought that was always like funny and like it was always like a, a little bit embarrassing but like at the same time you just had this drive to wanting to uh, call up KG and Cornsey to the point where they recognised when you'd call up um, so that was, I mean that was always pretty funny um, oh yes I mean yeah I mean there's been I guess there's plenty of um, do you have a story for the viewers though that something what, um, do you have a story for our listeners that you know you can remember I've got a couple but you tell me what, you tell me a, fa- a, fa- a you know, funny or a favourite story of us growing up I, or know, that's a, I wish you'd asked me this earlier and prepared some shit um, it's the I don't beauty know. of podcast mate pardon it's the beauty of podcast yeah, yeah it's bloody spontaneous mate correct um, I don't know I, 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 there's just a, an amalgamation of just you being a complete dickhead <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you, you know, you, you know, um, oh, I think one of the things that I've got, and I've actually got it on video, is a slapping competition. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do remember that. Um, oh, and God. you know, you had this obsession where you thought that you could do like the, the hardest slap on someone's back, and then I think it was Zen and Tezcan actually, he's come and given you like a round up and giving you the biggest slap on your back, and the reaction that you got from that was very funny. 
like you, whenever you would be around friends, you'd always want to, you know, had like this thing where you had to be like the, the competition. Yeah, yeah that's the competition. The competition. It was competition. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, oh, actually, one was remember we used to play the FIFA World Cup games on Xbox, mm-hmm. and I used to get and we got so competitive. At one time, I grabbed your balls. To go- <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know why you even grabbed my balls, but yeah, you grabbed the the, the rice nut and twisted, and I yeah, fuck, that's, that's opening up some some memories. Fuck me, dude. Welcome to Science you Podcast. You're gonna hear Zenim get his balls folded by his brother. Fantastic. <laughs> that's funny. You and you screamed like a little girl. I did. It, well, I mean, it's my balls, Zane. It's not like it's not like oh, this is pleasant. Please give me more. <laughs> no, that was no. That, that's yeah. That's fucked. That was. <laughs> we used to be very competitive because we used to love. We also used to play a lot of football and cricket together when we were young too. Mm. And that used to get very competitive. Yeah, well. it did. It did. It's um. I'd come out victorious if tag. Oh yeah, no, you were such a good sportsman growing <laughs> up, aren't you, bro? You, bro? Yes. <laughs> well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today, bro. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, any, any advice you have for anyone who's I think the last thing that I would say is you know I, I have always been an advocate of uh, as I mentioned like mental health like um, you know I've, I've always sort of combined my passion for music with the thoughts of anxiety and depression so I think that the main thing that I would put to your list is, is don't be afraid to talk about it um, you'd be surprised about uh, how many people are going through mental health, for example. And you'd probably also be surprised about how many people are uh, going through, uh, they might be on the spectrum. Who are not diagnosed. Yeah, who might not be diagnosed. And I think that communication is, is really, really important. And having a good support network uh, is really key. And you know, hopefully you've got a family that's going to be able to provide that. And if not, that's okay mm. as well. Um, it's then about you know, making new connections with people. Um, and I think that it's a time, we're in a really interesting time where we need to learn to listen to one another. Mm. Um, so it's not also about talking, but it's also about listening to one another. Um, so I guess that the, the um, yeah, just being open and, and talking about it's probably the, um, the key thing there. Um, yeah. It's a bit like I remember also, I remember one thing I do remember, the that poem you did, I'm a strange guy that likes basketball. Mm. And that was, you know, explained about how much, you know, you actually explained your life through mm. that poem. I'll never forget that poem. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I've always written about how I felt and whether that's been music or poetry or that sort of stuff. So express yourself, I think, is really important because if you bottle it up, it's just going to mm. get to the point where you you know, you know might do something stupid. Mm. Uh, you might, you know, It's just about you know, really talking to people. And if you are suffering mental health, go see a doctor, get a mental health care plan. Absolutely. Um, and don't be afraid. Don't you know have that she'll be right bullshit. Like it's not mm, exactly. And that's a really good point to make. And actually, a good way to finish off is that anyone who's going through anything, I don't if, even if it's bad thoughts or you've had something happen to your family or anything like that, please speak to someone. Um, there's enough suicide in this mm. world, um, especially with people like I've had. I've had suicidal thoughts. Zenon can back that up. Mm. Um, and had times where I've almost done it myself. So mm. please talk to people. Mm. It, yeah, it's, that, that's right. I mean, listen to uh, other podcasts as well. I mean, Zane, I mean, this is a great podcast as well. Like, you know, you're welcome. Um, you're but welcome, bro. Thank you. Thank, you. Um, Thank you. But there's also other good resources out there. There's also other good podcasts out there. I actually want to give a shout out to uh, another Australian podcast. I think you should talk to them, uh, Wormholes. 
Yes, these two gentlemen, these two, these two gentlemen uh, that do a similar sort of podcast, but they uh, bring a lot of comedy and they talk about that sort of stuff. So definitely reach out to them and just express yourself um, and have you know and have that conversation. Don't be scared to have it. Um, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having my brother on, guys. We'll tune in to the next episode of We Ought to Talk About It. Who's it going to be next? Have a good night, guys.